What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Damn Your Tall podcast. I am one of your hosts, Felicia, aka Fifi J, along with Graham, aka Sir Reads a Lot. I'm not doing it today because it is a little late and we've had a long weekend. Yes, we have. Yes. <laughs> and we are recording this on Sunday. It is now six o'clock. We usually record around noon, but we've had a very long weekend. At least I have. Yeah, and why don't you tell us about what uh, you had going on that took up much this weekend? Yeah, so I had to present for my ITC class that I talked a little bit previous podcast. Um, I had to do my mentorship, so there was a level one this week, and my mentor was Larry, Dr. Larry Judge, my coach, because he is one of the instructors for the classes level one and two and like three four i don't know how many more they go up but i know there's a level three but he was the my mentor or my mentor and i was a mentee and i basically was doing the shot for my uh little pretty like 45 to 50 minute like hour talk and i got all the slides and i had to make up my presentation to make it like you know look good and flow and all that stuff and I was like stressing out about it because I was like oh what if it's it's terrible if I do a bad job and I just want to make sure I explain things very well and I still feel like it was it could have been better but I'm glad it's over because I was like stressed out all week yeah you it was really eating you up which for me it was I mean I always appreciated that it was stressful for you but it was at times it's like come on Felicia you know this stuff backwards and forwards you've already done presentations on it you'll be fine and you were fine yeah, but it's different when there was like 50 people in the class. Luckily, it was over Zoom, so I I only saw like one other person that was in the chat, and there was like my little screen and then uh, my coaches. But yeah, I was just like, I don't know if I can do it. I knew I could do it because I need to finish it for the class, so that was like the last requirement um, to make sure I get my level one coaching certificate, or not level one, uh, the ITC, so I can start like doing presentations and presenting things, so Um, I think they're going to take a look at it and because they were recording, but I got through it and and I was not over time because they really emphasize not going over your time, being courteous of the next presenter after you because everything is pretty much regimented. You have to start on time. Like we started right at nine and I gave gave my presentation. I basically allowed like 20 minutes for the rotational and the glide and we had enough time for questions at the end, and I still had like 17 minutes left, so it was like perfect. They got a little break before they started the jump circuit, so everybody seemed to enjoy it, <laughs> and I, I don't think I rambled too much, and once I actually got in my little flow, it was good, I think, at least to me, so no one will probably ever see it besides like the instructors, but take my word for it, I felt pretty good. I'm sure you did. I did screw up because I had to get up to let the dog out. He jumped off the bed. And he needed to go out to the bathroom. And then I walked into the TV room because Felicia was using this instead of the office. And the heater was on. And I had a momentary heart attack because I thought I'd left the heater on all night. So I turned it off. And then I got into bed and I told Felicia. Because I was like, uh, maybe I was okay. And then she got mad at me because she had turned it on so it would not be freezing when she got in here. Yeah, so I thought about going back to turn it on, but... I was like, it's a pretty small room. I'll be fine. And it was fine. It started to cool down a little bit because we haven't turned on our heat yet. And I was like, the longer we wait to turn it on, the less money we'll have to spend. So that's how my thinking of and it. We got a shit ton of blankets and quilts. So we're bundled up and we got little heaters for the rooms that we're in. And that's how we do it. Like I got the heater on in another room heating up. 
for when we want to go to bed. So it's not super cold in there. But back to the presentation. Yeah, I think it went pretty well. Coach said I did good. The instructors there said they, I did very well. So hopefully I get an A+. Plus. I know it's not graded, <laughs> but hopefully I get an A+. Plus. I was just really stressed out thinking that my presentation. Larry did uh, look at it. Like, uh, right when we were, like, in the little lobby thing, like, 15 minutes or, like, 10 minutes, something like that. And he was like, oh, yeah, these look really good. And he liked the videos I showed him and everything. So, I was like, yes, okay. So, if he likes it, it doesn't really matter what they think because they don't really know anything about the throws. So, they're here to learn. So, that was the whole point. Right. And if you're looking for an expert on throwing heavy objects, you you're, you have a hard time finding someone more knowledgeable than Felicia. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like to toot my own horn. I just know what I'm doing. Like, I'm glad I'm in the right, like, connections and stuff to, like, learn about it and get, like, the help. And I need to be a better, like, coach and everything because instructing this is like, okay, well, we can do some of this. Like I said, coaching helps me throw. So just getting lined up and the right connections with people and hopefully moving up in my career at some point or uh, getting a little bit of a boost to set a part-time being a full-time coach when I'm like done and retired after this. So yes, I am glad that that is over. I can actually relax this weekend because this weekend we don't have anything going on. So we can actually just play board games and chill. I can, I actually sleep in. All right. Now we're going to pitch into the main focus of today's podcast. And that is what kind of forever no, no, you don't, no. That sounded horrible. Uh, that's, well, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes, yeah, so we went to go. We just literally got out of the movie like three hours ago. This is my second time seeing it because I saw it on Saturday, too. And now I get to actually look at the trailer because I was like, I'm not watching the trailer. I'm not looking at nothing. Oh, it was hilarious, too, um, <laughs> when that thing would come up because I've mentioned before, it was it was seriously like, shielding a child from a scary scene in a movie because I did not want it <laughs> to be ruined. Okay, it wasn't that bad. I, I could shield my own eyes. I just closed them, so. I, you know, I was there backing you up because you needed it. Well, go on with your little IMDb page. Oh, so okay. I so, my summary. doing our IMDb stuff. Alright, pretty basic one that just came out. Uh, director Ryan Coogler, writer's uh, Ryan Coogler and Joe Robert Cole. The list is stars Letitia Wright, Lupita Nyong'o, and Danai Gurria. The the uh, big other thing about it is it's two hours and 41 minutes long, making it uh, one of the longer Marvel movies that, I guess, exists. So uh, Felicia's going to pitch us into a description of the movie. Yeah, and for such a long movie, they have a pretty tight plot, but we'll go ahead and fill it in, so... Because this was like our main thing we want to get out today. So, T'Challa, king of Wakanda, dies of a disease that his sister Shuri believes could have been cured by the heart-shaped herb. Shuri is unsuccessful attempting a synthetic recreation of the herb after it is destroyed by Killmonger. One year later, Wakanda is under pressure from the countries to share their vibranium, vibranium with other parties attempting to steal it by force. Ramonda implores Shuri to continue her research at a heart-shaped herb, hoping to create a new Black Panther that will defend Wakanda, but she refuses due to her belief that a Black Panther is a figure of the past. The CIA uses new vibranium detecting machine 
on an expedition of potential vibr vibr vibranium God, it, deposit underwater. The entire search team is attacked and killed by Namor and his blue skin water breathing people. But the CI believes that Wakanda is responsible. Namor goes to Ramonda, sorry, ensure easily bypassing Wakanda's active or advanced security. He blames Wakanda for the vibranium brace and gives them an ultimatum and they give him the scientist responsible vibrating a detecting machine or, or they will be attacked. One of the things they did, um, they had the UN, they met in Geneva instead of New York City, which I thought was interesting, but they had a repeat of the May 1, 1960, went longer than that, U2 crisis between the Soviet Union and the United States. In that crisis, this is a real historical thing, the U.S. flew a U-2 spy plane over the Soviet Union. It got shot down. And the U.S. was like, we didn't launch any airplanes. And the Soviet was like, here's chunks of your airplane. And the Americans were like, oh, that could be chunks of any airplane. Uh, you'd like, say, the pilot to prove that. And they dragged the pilot out, got a man named Powers. They sort of do something like that with this one. As there's a vibranium outreach place, which I really, which I really think was set up as a kind of a honeypot operation because the general secretly in it but it's the same thing where the the guys show up and they take it over and then they're all captured by the wakanda troops and then they're marched into the u.n the dora milaje so they're and then they're just marched into the u.n stupid they said they were mercenaries i'm like the french they were french mercenaries the french sank one of greenpeace's ships all right this is this is like there, there was sort of a disconnect about like the brutality of world politics, but it was, but it was, it was again that that Marvel thing where they like to use mercenaries where they want to just throw in muscle bound idiots where because they don't quite have the guts to make it national. Yeah. So getting back on track of the actual story, that is that is a ramble. Key, that is a key part of the story because the whole thing, the reason why Namor is having this tension with Wakanda is because it's dragging Wakanda into it's dragging both nations into the world. But I, I was trying to get, like... So, basically, it starts off, basically, kicks you into um, Suri's trying to create a synthetic drug... Or, not synthetic drug, uh, synthetic heart-shaped herb uh, to bring... Uh, heal her sick brother. And it's just, like, a mysterious thing. And this is, like, six years after... Um, well, probably five, because they do, like, another year jump um, after his death. And, oh, also, spoiler alert for anything before you start listening again before we get in in depth like spoiler alert there will be spoilers in this so and they basically kind of solve like well not solve since you know chadwick boseman is actually dead now rest in peace um they they you know he's actually dead and she comes down the stairs like the queen comes down the stairs and basically her ai is like keeping her intact like what's the heartbeat per minute and then they're like you need to be with your brother and she's like no i'm trying to figure this out and it's like a 20 something percent chance and she's like print it and her mom comes down and it's basically he's passed and they do like the uh his funeral and that's when it kind of like kicks in that like he's dead and there's like a a portrait of him um like actual chadwick boseman um well the black panther in this like movie since and there was like the title scroll, like for the Marvel, and it was silent. Yeah, it, you, you said it was super silent the first time you saw it. Yeah, like you could have heard a pin drop in this movie theater. Like, um, 
they had like all his pictures and everything kind of like a little like a memorial like when he actually died they did it but they had like the music and everything this one was like silent and it was like really just it let you like set it in like you know he's really gone uh, one of the things that I thought was weird is this one superheroes are inherently kind of a juvenile medium I've got some agreement with that with from Alan Moore so it was really weird to see this movie dealing with grief like in depth of the grief of a mother losing her son and a daughter losing her brother and then later on the daughter not so much the daughter losing her mother but it was really weird to see like grief showing up repeatedly in what is normally a punch man's format which I thought was kind of a interesting it was like it was done like an actual level of of acting and like the characters were going through something of a grieving cycle and it was just strange to see that well they had some really good like I said really good actors in the movie like that can actually like act <laughs> like there's some pretty big names in here but like they go to was Geneva or whatever and the France lady is like talking like well what do you think like the the world had vibrations undetectable by things and first of all Angela's Bass's arms need their own like section because those things were huge <laughs> like she must have worked out because her arms were popping in this way I was like okay Angela look at Angela's arms <laughs> but anyway like she kind of did like a, a little speech kind of saying like oh don't worry basically we got this and it shows like the little mercenaries breaking in and the Dora Milaje basically is like hey bitch and they kick their ass they don't kill them of course and they bring them and they're like hey um we know they're French here you go <laughs> And what I thought was kind of, this is something I thought was kind of silly, is that Nakia is blocking bullets with the vibranium spear. Okay, I can upset, uh, accept that vibranium, the metal, can stop bullets. Okay, all right, it's a superhero thing. That's fine. I can, I can put up with that. That's fine. She has never been shown to be anything other than an extremely skilled human warrior. How is she blocking bullets with a spear? It was a little much. Again, you have to suspend disbelief. That that was that pushed it a little bit too far. I mean, I get that they're trying for like the sort of like do this sort of pan African, uh, but also still very self sufficient, self sufficient, centralized pseudo African nation. But come on now, it's it's, it's a saga. So like after that happens, they're like, um, they take uh, Suri and her mom go to like off in like kind of a place to kind of reflect on what happened in the past year because I said there was a time jump it's like a year later as soon as the funeral and she's like you know burning the clothes that symbolizes the end of the mourning period and that's when we meet was it Neymar Nomar they, they switch interchangeably Neymar Neymar um which he is like a god right or no he's a mutant he is Namor is a mutant Mesoamerican. They kind of do a sort of interesting thing with, well, I don't know if it's interesting really. They give, they give them the appearance of being Aztec, but then they use a, one of the Mayan languages from the Mayan language group to represent the sort of Mesoamerica thing. But yeah, he's some sort of weird mutant because, as they point out in the movie, all of his, all the other people from his land are blue and have to breathe water, and they have to, like, wear, like, breathing masks of water. And he's just like, la, la, He also has fins, uh, wings on his feet that allow him to fly around. Nobody else can do. Yeah, and they find him, and they're like, hey, let's work together. 
And she's like, I don't like to repeat myself. Who are you? And he's like, look, um, blow this conch. And if you don't want to work with us, we'll, you know, basically have to duke it out. And they're like, uh, who are these blue people? And they go to council. And that's when um, I think we'll start uh, going into the next part here. Shuri and Okoyo help uh, with the help of the friend of the CIA, uh, Ross, go to Boston, meet up a scientist responsible for an MIT student named Riri Williams, a.k.a. Ironheart. This group is chased by the FBI and then Neymar's warriors defeat Okoyo and take Siri and uh, Williams underwater to meet Neymar. Romanda strips Okoyo of her duty as Dora Milaje and seeks out Nakia, who is living in Haiti since the blip. For for help to find Suri, Willi- uh, Suri and Williams, uh, Suri meets Neymar and shows them the vibranium-rich underwater kingdom of Talacon, right? Talacon? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, Talacon, which is protected for centuries. This isn't a real place. <laughs> and discovered by the world. Uh, bitter at the surface world once rejected him. Neymar proposes an alliance with Wakanda against the rest of the world, but threatens to destroy Wakanda if they refuse. Nakia helps Suri and Williams escape. Neymar uh, retaliates with the attack against the capital of Wakanda, um, during which Romana drowns, saving Williams. Neymar vows to return in a week with his full army, and the citizens of Wakanda are relocated to Jambari Mountains for the safety. So this is kind of where it starts to kick off. Um, when they go there, they meet uh, Ironheart. And they kind of introduce her as like she's at MIT. She's 19, super smart. She's basically um, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is in the Phase Four. She's basically the new Iron Man. Because spoiler, if you haven't seen Endgame, he dies. What they're doing is they're um, they're doing the incredible, brilliant thing like this uh, vibranium detector she built as a class project, and then the U.S. government scooped it up. Yeah, that kind of sounds about right. Because she's like, my professor said I couldn't do it, and I did it. And I, she just like found parts because they picked it apart. Because um, Neymar brought it up on the surface, and they were like, these are just random parts. And they meet her, and they have like this kind of little fun little interaction. And they take her. They find out where she like works, and she's like, oh, this is just my computer with the like vibranium protector. And Okora's like, so you just leave this here? in the garage and she's like it's encrypted like 24 times and Suri goes have you ever locked yourself out of it she goes yeah it took me almost a whole semester to get back in right which is actually a really good um way of, of helping establish how intelligent she is is that she built a quantum computer to break her own password yeah which is insane and then this is where they start to surround them and um they take separate vehicles and we get to see like there's one line that Whitney loved, and I loved it too. They go, "Oh shit, she has an Iron Man suit," <laughs> and she basically has like a homemade Iron Man suit. Um, and they kind of go through the chase, trying to like stop them because they think that Wakanda was in charge, was the responsible for that uh, boat attack, which was the the fish people. <laughs> then they try to make it out of the city, and the fish people come and stop them, and they're trying to take the scientists, which they is the uh riri to get her like out and like stop them from like finding them because they're that's what they're worried about they're like we live here peacefully for all this time we don't want the outside world coming to find us and um they get in a fight and okuru is knocked into the water and they take shuri shuri this whole time has been resisting 
like some assuming the Black Panther-ness. She thinks it's like old old school ways of things. She thinks science and technology is the way to go. Right. So they're trying to do that, and they they kind of fumble it later. But that's. Um, but along with this, they take her. She sees the city, and they strip Okuru because, and then that's when uh, Angela Bassett. I'm just gonna call her Angela Bassett because that's who she is. <laughs> but she gives like a, a good, very powerful speech and like basically is like, you stripped of everything. So you got my daughter taken. And that's when she goes for the help. And she goes all the way to Haiti to find uh, Nakia to ask for help. She's like, look, you're a spy. You're good at this. Please help me find my daughter. And she's kind of like, okay. And then we get a scene where she's like, in, is it Mexico? It, um, Yes, because it's in the Yucatan. Okay, yeah, she goes and she's trying to um, find um, just some information. And the lady's like, eh, just piss off, get away. And then she starts speaking in, was it? Whatever the, it's. Their I, dialect. I, I, all I could find is that it's a Mayan language is what they use. But that makes sense. There's a lot of traditional languages still spoken in Mexico. And I was also like, don't think I didn't notice that you put. Like your spot, the Yucatan, you picked where there is one of the likely location points for the dinosaur killing meteor. I I saw that. I noticed that. So, yeah. And then the lady's like, oh, shit. And she starts talking and we get that. That's when we kind of get the backstory of how they became like that. That's kind of the rundown of how we find out. And along with this is going on. Sure. Or yeah. Sure. He sees like their underwater kingdom and. It's kind of like Wakanda. There's people playing and grabbing vegetables and they're doing stuff. It's like a parallel. It's like basically like in a poster, I think it were upside down. That's kind of how it is. Right. They, they parallel it both from this movie and the previous movie and a lot of the ways it's shot. And then within this movie itself, they do parallels sometimes a little bit too aggressively. But yeah, a whole bunch of people just going around their day. Just. Yep. You just see people just. They, they had the little Mayan game where they hit the ball and the yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, I did some research on that, and apparently there's not one solid name for it because that whole game is more like a, a category of games. Hitball. It, well, no, it actually kind of is. It's kind of like um, it. The parallel I read was it's kind of like how if you weren't intimately familiar with like football, rugby, and soccer, you'd all be like, "Well, yeah, the the goal of the game is to get the ball from one point to another." But there's a whole bunch of different ways because like. There were some variants where it could only be hit on the hip, and some you could use your your like your elbows, not your hands. There's, and it was across at least Central America for centuries. So, like any sport, there were all sorts of regional variations. But that was a really cool like in I, I really like that. Yeah. So, um, this is when um, Nakia like she finds them and she kills two guards, and that's kind of a series like. No, this means this is a war is going to break out because, you know, we're trying to like not make this happen. And she tries to help the woman that was shot. And she's like, we got to get out of here. And they finally meet up with the kingdom. And then they're like, okay, this means war. Because she's like, please help me. Kal- Kalukukan, something like I can't pr- do the dialect properly, but Kal- Kalukukan, and he, something and like he's that. He's basically like, I can't. You've been shot. Yeah, and he's like, I can't do anything. And he's kind of like... All right, this means war. And that's when they rise up from the surface, kill the queen, and she say, "Well, she's." They throw like these bombs that are basically just water and just blast them. Yeah, they're basically. I I think they're basically like pressure bombs. Is kind of like the impression I got. Like it's like a 
whole bunch of deep sea pressure in a bomb and then when it explodes it blows up so yeah blows out the window he does that and it's just one two i believe just one bomb and it floods them and they kind of have they fall down in like this chasm in like the the castle and then riri is just knocked out and the queen is like knocked out temporarily she wakes up she's like oh i gotta save her and that's when she drowns what you said you were kind of unsurprised by because she'd gotten to give two big speeches and you were like yeah you were like yeah she 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 did her acting for this movie yeah because in the first one she did was when they were in that scene um where she was like she walked in strolled in she's like oh yeah i'm a bad bitch here are my arms and um when they were talking to like france they're like we need the vibranium like something and she was she was acting and i was like i didn't notice it when that i was like oh I should have known when she got those two scenes. And then when she kicked Okoye out, she was like acting in that. I was like, yep, she's going to die. <laughs> like that. Those were her two big scenes. And she was definitely a lot more in this movie than the last one, I believe. Well, which accordingly so. But yeah, so she gets killed and uh, Riri's like, she saved me like I was one of your own. What can I do to help? And this is kind of when they're basically um, he goes out and's like, I'll give you a week. Bury your dead. Um, I'm coming back and with my whole army and you're gonna die and at this uh, umbaku he's a fun character he's like the fish man (laughs) because every like the warriors are trying to help people like gather them to you know so they're like safe and he's like trying to strike them down and the guy puts up his arm and breaks his little like club and just cracks his chest plate and he goes flying he's like oh 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 (laughs) it was funny it it was a little strange though that the the warrior head of sort of the warrior tribe. I mean, there's multiple like warrior societies in Wakanda, but it's definitely kind of implied that the mountain tribe is the most warlike. Wasn't wearing like a vibranium chest plate. Well, think about it. They didn't think nothing was going to happen. Like when still, they did go out to war, he had they had all their vibranium. Yeah, but but he still, it just it was just a little. It worked. It worked okay. But it also he shattered a wood plate, which man, that would have been a pain in the ass to carve. Yeah, but he is, like, strong, too. You saw him, like, flick, flick that, that guy. guy. Yeah. So he's oh, yeah. not, like, a slouch. He's a big dude. Oh, yeah. They, like, well, the actor is, like... Yeah, and they and they do a good job of both the actors phys- physically and then we were talking about how they sort of use the mountain gorilla-ness because they put a lot of, like, the, the fur up on his shoulders and stuff like that to really give the character this big presence. So he looks and feels like he should be capable of just, like, hucking people across the room without a problem. Yeah, so just to finish up there, the they relocate to the mountains um, for the safety of the like the people. So, meanwhile, Ross is arrested by his ex-wife, director of CIA, Valentina Alera de Fontaine. Yeah, her name is too damn long. The white woman, the the one in, like white woman in this movie, for secretary exchanging or for secretly exchanging classified intelligence to the Wakandans after Ramonda's funeral. Suri using a remnant of a herb that's given by Neymar's people their underwater abilities synthetically reconstruct the heart-shaped herb after ingesting the herb hurry or, hurry Shuri becomes a new black panther meets killmonger in the ancestral plane who urges her to seek vengeance upon returning she is accepted by the other wakanda tribe as the black panther despite mbaku's advice uh, for peace, Shuri is determined to give vengeance for Ramada's death and orders an immediate counterattack on Neymar. Preparing for the battle, Aoyo assumes the role of General of Dodora Malaje. Shuri bestows Midnight Angel armor upon Okoyo, 
who is in return recruits Akina to join her who creates a suit powered by armor to defend it um Wakanda so yeah there's a this is basically like the big battle scene part um they're gearing up and we have that kind of like since they have a week they have the funeral and they are like okay um show where Riri's gonna be working that she gets her like quote unquote her upgraded suit to where it's not just random parts she gets like stuff basically from Wakanda which is like probably all vibranium and stuff like that right yeah and they show they show she has a I think it's on her right arm she has a gun that's very much similar to the one that was stolen in the first movie that's very similar to the, the the guy who had the arm that could split in half and shoot a gun they had they kept that style and that's one thing they've always done with the Wakanda series is given it kind of try to give it a very unique look make the equipment all look like it comes from the same technological base and everything like that. And, you know, you see, like, a lot of the architecture, too. They have styles that you would see in largely sub-Saharan Africa. So, yeah, they gear up and they're prepared, and they basically, um, how it, like, kicks off is, um, oh, well, I'll just go ahead and finish the little summary here. The Wakandans are using a seafaring vessel, the Sea Leopard, (laughs) <laughs> that's funny to set a trap for Neymar luring him and his warriors to the surface a battle ensues Suri separates Neymar from the rest of the people uh, intending to dry him out and waken him or and weaken him their plane crashes on the desert and desert beach and fight Suri eventually defeats Neymar but realizing the similarities between their own past decides to spare Neymar's life offering him a peaceful alliance Neymar accepts the battle accepts and the battle ends Neymar's cousin Namora is upset about oh I didn't know that was like his cousin uh yielding to the sh- yielding to Shuri but promises that Shuri's empathy is empathy for their people is useful because Wakanda has no other allies in the world now safe Williams returns to Boston but has to leave her new suit behind later Okoyo rescues, rescues Ross from captivity uh meanwhile in Shuri's absence Mbako steps forward to challenge the throne <laughs> challenge for the throne oh, yeah that was funny um, Shuri visits Nakian Haiti where she burns her funeral ceremony robe like her mother wanted among herself allowing herself to grieve T'Challa in the mid-credit scenes oh, oh to grieve T'Challa sorry I read that too close uh, in the mid-credit scenes Shuri learns that Nakia has a son with T'Challa named Toussaint Toussaint is probably like very French uh, Nakia has been raising a seeker far from the pressure of the throne Toussaint reveals a Wakanda name is T'Challa which I was all, I was like, oh, he had a son. I was like, oh. Now it's like a nice little book in because everybody's like, oh. And then when people found out his name, I was like, oh. One of the things that I that we that this movie could have done without is without the uh, Everett Ross character. That's um, the colonizer. Uh, he- yeah, they they basically could just said like, oh, like had him in one scene to like tell him like oh like a little blip up and then just that was it because that i think that's what made it a little long their characters right and they had some development and stuff like that really his character was important important in the first one because his character was kind of like the catalyst for things um in the fact that he was the outside world literally coming into wakanda and he was wakanda deciding and he showed via shuri wakanda's willingness to help the world outside them by them saving his life 
this movie he really didn't have a purpose. He he was written in to pass some information around, but that inf- that whole line, that whole arc, could have been very much truncated or eliminated. He could have, yeah, not to cut you off or anything. I think because Whitney said, you know, with all the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there's a lot to watch, and I was like, we haven't watched everything, and I think they wanted to have her in the movie to like tie in from like the shows. I think that's why they wanted her. Cause they're like, well, she's in the TV shows and now she's in like a movie. Like she was in the end credit scene of black, um, widow. And now she was like in black Panther. And she was also in, um, the winter soldier and, uh, uh, Falcon. So she was like, that's when she first popped up there. Then. Yeah. So I think that's why they wanted to have her, but they really didn't need it. Another thing that I did like was with the queen, the overlapping of her being the actual mother, as in she's Shuri's mother, but she's also, as queen, she is mother to all of Wakanda, which um, Okoye references when basically she gets fired from her very existence. Yeah, she's like, mother, how do you, right. oh, come on. And I did like that sort of representation of how those feudal societies can... Um, you can merge those responsibilities together. Yeah, basically what they basically summed it up pretty well. Uh, they have the battle and of course there's like some pretty cool kick-ass scenes. And um, well, I didn't say like how they figured out how like Riri and Shuri, like how is he like so fast and strong and like they have to stay in, like have water and he doesn't. And like and they figure out like a jellyfish gets oxygen from the water and then like the sun, like how they can do it. They like diffusion. Like it's this amazing thing. I'm like, diffusion is one of the most basic, but anyways, um, let the black girl scientists have, no, but that's not white man. That's what actually, one thing I was going to say that I liked that they did with the two of them is that Shuri is doing all this biochemistry stuff. She's trying to make the heart shaped herb at the beginning. She's trying to work. She's doing all this stuff and they have these pretty cool mock-ups of DNA, which admittedly how they use it. But anyways, they, she's very much like she's a, she's a she's working largely within biology. But we have Riri, who's very much hard mechanical physics. She's she rebuilt her. She started her stepdad would work. He worked with him. She worked with him building the car, and she built this flying suit. And she's got this computer and stuff like that. So. Like most super geniuses in comic books, their knowledge is a bit more spread than it's perhaps realistic. But I did like that there was kind of a, a division slash interplay between the two of them. You know, it's like, you know, you, you know, Shuri is smart. She made all this stuff. You know, Riri smart. She made all this stuff. And they kind of blur them together. Pretty uh, good. Not, uh, I was just thinking about this while you were talking. I was still listening, but I was just like, I wonder how many times they had to do her braids because there was a lot of water scenes and braids and water don't sometimes mix well together unless she just had like a wave cap on it. So I was like, they probably had to do them braids a few times because they get a little fuzzy. But I was just sorry. I was just thinking about that. <laughs> uh, this one definitely showed a lot of care on... Well, you're the one to talk about. Oh, the wigs were not horrible unlike fucking... What movie? It was Thor. No, Doctor Strange... They put this man in this horrible locked wig and I could not stop staring at it. I was like, no, this is why I'm glad. I was like, this is why you need like black people on set for like hair. Like, 
<laughs> because in this movie, they actually take care of their hair. They have different styles and all that stuff, which is great. And in that movie, Dr. Strange was like, who put this wig on this man? This looks terrible. And I could not unsee it at that point. <laughs> and that's one of the advantages about using hairstyles in movies, too, is it allows you to very easily denote changes. So if you have, like, like say you have a character with, with braids in one scene, you want to establish that something's really changed, you change them over and they've got Bantu knots. Or, you know, you just switch their styles completely very easily. And, you know, you can do it with boring people here like mine where, you know, like a character goes from having it all down to having a ponytail or whatever. So that was the, the um, this is this just to bring up one problem was how did Wakanda exist for so long with, they were not nearly cold blooded enough because you got the sense that Namor had was perfectly willing to kill people to protect his homeland. And Wakanda apparently just never had any of these moral issues despite existing in the world. Whenever they introduced the... I think, yeah, it was Black Panther. They seem like... He's like, he's the king of this poor, like, African, like... Oh, it's very poor. Like, you just see people out in the fields and just kind of like, oh, this isn't what we are. And then you get a glimpse when it, like, and they first opens up. It's like, oh, they're, like, doing shit. And they have all this technology. And they're, like, super advanced. And they're like, we're going to keep this to ourselves. They let the outside think what they want to think. That we're poor and desolate and... We're having all this technology, and we're safe here. That remember the curtain? Yeah, looks no. Like it's just open. Yeah, it it, it was just was a li- it was a little bit too convenient, is I guess what I'm getting at. Which is one of the problems you get when you have any story where you have to, you know, for stories to work, you have to have these fantasy kingdoms, but the Earth is already full of countries. Well, if he if T'Challa wouldn't have said we have vibranium, nobody would have cared about Wakanda. They would have just thought they were broke. To be honest, they're like they didn't care about right. the black people. Now they got something that people want. Right. Uh, And this is another one where we have another juke, what I call it, a juke with real world issues. We had it in the last movie um, where the real world issues were represented by two black men fighting. All right. We are having all kinds of technical problems with Felicia's right now. So what I was just going to mention is that they kind of juked with the real world issue of uh, the poor countries being exploited for their resources, which they reference, but then they resolve it by having the two poor nations fight it out. It was just kind of weird to hear that as we were coming back. And there's the NPR story about the Iranian embassy attack, which was, you know, the direct result of American meddling in the Middle East and in specifically in Iran. Well, not that Iran's in the Middle East, but it was just this, this weird juke of avoiding, you know, things like that. Like they have the. CIA characters to say, "Oh yeah, imagine what the world would be like if the U.S. had vibranium." It's like, yes, if the if the U.S., which is the single most powerful economy and military on the planet, really wanted that, like, what would that do? That to me just seems to be like it'd be significantly more interesting. But then you would have to have Americans as the bad guys, and you know you can't do that. That's just not something Americans are willing to do. One uh, interesting thing that apparently was in they kept a slide side bit of it is the relationship between Okoye and Ao, who are both members of the Dormelage, that apparently there was a much more open element of them having a romantic relationship. The only thing that appears to be left in the movie is Okoye calling Ao my love. So that was about, which was, I mean, sure, queer stories exist and queer stories belong in media, but 
it was also kind of like the only romantic, it would have been kind of the only romantic story in the movie because everything else was very much political and familial. But they apparently there was a much more uh, involved scene that got cut out. And the other thing I was going to mention is this is very much a, a movie about black women doing stuff. Yes, Namor is the primary villain, but when you get down to it, there's really only three men in it. Namor, Everett Ross, and then M'Baku. And Namor is the primary villain, so he's fighting all that stuff. Everett Ross is Felicia and I talked about. It's kind of irrelevant. You're like, why is this guy even in the movie? And then M'Baku is kind of a, a advisor slash ally to Shuri, who they keep calling princess, even though I would assume that after her mom died, she would have sent to the queenship because she's the last member of the current royal line. Okay, so I'm back. Uh, I'm going to try and wrap this up because Graham's rambling now. What? Go go ahead and finish what you have to say because no, that's, that's basically the the end of it. Mm-hmm. Like it's basically the feet bad guy. Is that what you're trying to say? We don't want to make the Americans the bad guys. Well, I mean that was part of what I was talking about. Well, yeah, you can't do that. But so yeah, well they the- they they came close to it with the first Iron Man. I mean they they shifted the focus off onto the whatever the bad guy was, but it's sort of there. So yeah, that was the movie we saw it. We're running a little late and I'm getting tired. (laughs) And we had some audio issues, so hopefully it sounds okay. But yeah, I enjoy this movie. Definitely going to buy it when it comes out on Blu-ray because I support black shit, so they'll make more black shit. And I like seeing smart black people on TV, not just like they like to either were like slaves. They love that. (laughs) Or... um, just playing basketball or selling drugs like it's good to see like oh she's smart like stem like seeing like really smart black and especially women like there's a lot of women black women doing shit like you said like and it was great i love it because i'm a black woman and i do shit too anything else you want to (laughs) add yes black women do stuff and sometimes uh, a specific black woman i want her to stop doing stuff what (laughs) <laughs> I knew that would okay. get you. Well, I don't have a grab IDK because it is like almost seven, and I want to enjoy the rest of our night and chill out. Boeing is sitting here. I think he just farted because that one stinks. Did you fart? They would have done him. Damn it, Boeing. Well, anyway, I guess that's a good segue to end the podcast. I clean out the room, dog. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Follow us on all the social medias Fifi underscore J247, Graham GD Mildrum um, on all the social medias. Uh, DYT pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, send us some mail, please. We keep asking for mail at damnyourtallpod at gmail.com. Once again, damnyourtallpod at gmail.com. Hopefully this podcast comes out smoothly because we did have some audio issues, but Graham's like really good at fixing all that stuff. So hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Go see Black Panther because it was awesome. And we'll catch you on the next podcast. Bye. Bye.